Well, this past week has been a really long month. <laughs> but I hope that you've been doing some learning. When my kids were little and they did something that they probably regretted, I usually asked them, did you do some learning? You climbed what? You ate what? Did you do some learning? It was Winston Churchill, not one of our politicians, who first said, never let a good crisis go to waste. And so I hope that, that during this time, this strange time, this time where people around you are a little bit panicked, and maybe you're feeling that rise within you as well, that you're doing some learning, especially about the place of hope in your life. We've said in this series, Hope on the Horizon, that hope is borrowing a promise from the future and it, investing it as strength for today. It's borrowing a promise from the future and investing it as strength for today. I wonder if during this season of crisis, if, if you're beginning to see how much hope you really have. How much of a promise are you really borrowing from the future? How much strength do you have to invest today? Today we're going to be looking at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Greatest sermon ever preached, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, the end of it, where he begins to turn us to see what does it take to practice hope. From Matthew chapter 7, starting with verse 24. Hear God's word this morning. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. May God bless us today through this, his holy word. Let's pray together. God bless us now to receive your word, not only into our minds to understand it, but into our hearts to believe it, that through our hands and feet we may live it. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm more of a mountains than a beach guy, but when we go to the beach, I love watching people build sandcastles, and I love to build them myself. And when when you start to build a sandcastle, you, you create those turrets, and maybe it's a little drip thing, and you really invest a lot of yourself in it. And so when people start jogging by, you kind of look at them and give them, give them a little bit of a warning look, and then maybe the surf starts to threaten, so you dig a moat. And then, you know, the evening falls, and you have to leave, and you kind of look over your shoulder, and you hope, you just kind of hope that someone will not come by in the dark and stomp on it. You know, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, when you see this picture of a house that's built on the rock, what Jesus is getting at is he's saying that there's a way to build your life. There's something that you need in your life that can give you hope moment to moment in whatever's going on around you. And that is the sovereignty of God. Throughout the sermon, and of course in these closing moments of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is pointing people again and again. He's saying, look, you've got something in this foundation slot. You're living for something. Every one of us is living for something. And, and that thing that you're living for goes in that 
foundation place, that place of security and identity. And if it's not strong enough, if, for example, you take some of, the, of God's good gifts and try to stick one of those bricks that he gives you to build your life, if you try to build on the things, then you're going to face some deep disappointment. And so this morning, let's take a look at how the sovereignty of God is that foundation. It's, it's the only sound layer on which we can build life. The sovereignty of God just simply is, is this, that, that God is con- in control of all things. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That assurance fuels hope. That assurance gives us the hope that we need to be able to think straight, to feel what we're feeling but not be ruled by it, and to take the next step. That's the place of of our foundation. That's what our foundation does. It's the assurance that gives us hope. It gives us a steadying hope to think straight, to feel what we're feeling and not be ruled by our feelings, and then simply to do the next thing. Let's take a look at those three. So first of all, this, this assurance that comes from knowing that God, that, that there's nothing outside of his control, that even when things are bad, that he is able to work things to the good, that foundation can give us the hope that we need, the steadying hope to think straight and not go looking for something alternate, not, not, not try to avoid reality. Hope gives us the ability to face reality and deal with what's really going on with the facts that are really going on. Let me give you an example of how we try to escape it. So I, I love that, uh, that program, Waze. When you go traveling, you, ever turn on, you turn on maps and, or a GPS program. I love Waze because it tells you if there's a traffic jam up ahead, it tells you a way around it. And it, even if I didn't have Waze on, I would still try. If I saw the lights, if I see the red lights, I'd quickly look for an exit. I'm ready. I don't care. I'm going to find. I'd rather take an extra half an hour and try to get around this thing than to endure going through the traffic, right? And so Waze has been just, it's just for me, right? I mean, I, I feel like somebody wrote this program just for me. A lot of times we do this in terms of the way we think of our faith, instead of thinking of it as a foundation for life, to deal with reality, a lot of times we think, if I can just have enough faith, then I can escape reality. This is not the way that God has fashioned our faith to work in our lives. It's almost as if, now I go to the spin class, and, uh, and the instructor often says, you know, the spin class, of course, is, is this... Um, you know, you know a, a room full of stationary bikes. And on, on that bike, there's this little red knob that if you turn it to the right, it makes it harder to pedal. And she'll say, you know, she, she'll say almost every time, she'll say, uh, if you turn it to the right, you're going to get more resistance, more resistance, more result. And I think some of us think that if I just have enough faith, you know, just like turning that knob of faith, then I'm going to get more results. And if somehow I'm not getting those results, maybe I don't have enough faith. Instead, Instead, the faith in the sovereignty of God, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, it gives us the steadying hope to deal with reality, to face reality. That Jesus is saying here in this, in this simple little story, the winds will come, the storms will blow. He's not saying that if you have enough faith, you're always going to see those storms dissipate and the winds quiet. He's saying 
that the right kind of faith gives you in the right object. The object of our hope is the sovereignty of God. It gives us the steadying assurance to deal with reality. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, our problem in prayer is often that we're praying for two plus two not to equal four. A lot of times what we're trying to do is just gin up enough faith to escape what's going on. We think that that's the role of faith. No, no, no. Sometimes we have to deal with the fact that two plus two is, is just simply four. Wayne Scazzaro in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, talks about just in a practical way, the way that we sometimes use God to escape reality. Sometimes people use God to run from God or to run from what he happens to be offering you in the moment. He says, you know, for example, sometimes we feel uncomfortable dealing with a confrontation, talking with somebody, saying what needs to be said. And so we, we sort of spiritualize it. and We think, well, well, we, we just need to be nice. Right? We just need to be nice. It's making an excuse. It's using God as an excuse to avoid reality instead. Again, when we have that assurance that God is sovereign, it fuels our hope. It gives us a solid place on which to build life, to be able to think straight and not simply deny reality. So that's the first that's the first way that sovereignty of God really buoys our, the sovereignty of God stabilizes our hope. It gives us that steady hope. The second, it lets us feel what we're really feeling, but not to be ruled by the feelings that we have. Now, th- those, both those things are very important. Now, think about it for just a minute now. It, it's, it's not to try to fix your feelings. Faith isn't there to fix your feelings. It's to say, what's really going on inside you? What are you really feeling? Can you name it? Can you put it into the English language? What are you feeling? Deal with it. Face it. But hope gives us the ability to feel, to be fully human, fully awake and alive to what's going on within us. Not just around us, but within us. But not to be ruled by it. I I love that story about the guy who falls over a cliff, and he, I know that sounds terrible, but you know, it's kind of twisted. I love that story about the guy who falls over a cliff. Okay, well, th- th- that's what we got here, okay? So he, he, he falls over a cliff, but he grabs this, this root on the way down, and it's, it's starting to, to break free from the soil, and he says, just calls out. He calls out uh, up above him, and he just says, is there anyone there to help me? Is there anybody there? And a voice comes and says, I'm here. I can help you. And he says, well, help. And the voice says, let go. I will catch you. And the man holding the root says, is there anybody else? Right? You know, sometimes, imagine that you're, you're on that, that cliff edge and you're roped in. And, uh, and the guy holding the rope at the bottom says, on belay. We say belay on. And you're, uh, then there's that moment where you have to, I'm talking about repelling, right? You have to lean back and you have to what? You have to trust your equipment. That's, that's quite a, 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 a stifling moment, right? You have to trust your equipment. You see, it's not enough just to intellectually understand that, that God is sovereign. As, uh, as, as someone said, there's, there's not one atom in all creation over which God, who is ruler over all things, does not declare mine. Everything belongs to him. Doesn't mean he's 
author of everything that happens, but it means that he's able to work all things towards his fashion end. But to, to, to think that, to understand it, and to, tr- to believe it is, is to trust. And when we do, or let's put it this way, what gives you the ability to trust your equipment? It's the hope that we have, understanding that God is in control. You see, what Jesus is saying here is that, that in the midst of the storm, in facing reality, in facing the facts, what, what's really going on, hope gives us a place to turn to. In the same way that courage lets us deal with what's going on and respond well to it, even though your feelings are not good, even though you may be anxious or afraid. Hope gives you the ability, like unto courage, to trust your equipment. You know, Paul, in in his uh, letter to the Thessalonian church, says, grief, when, when, when something is lost, when you're facing someone who's died, when you're dealing with any kind of loss in, in life, grieve fully and well. But grieve as ones who have hope. And so, again, our faith isn't there. The sovereignty of God and the assurance that we have isn't there for us to deny reality or to deny our feelings. It's there to steady us. It's there to steady us, to be fully awake and alive to what's going on around us and within us. I wonder if, if maybe this season of life, this remarkable season, is exposing what you've put in that foundation. Maybe you've put something that, that just doesn't belong in your foundation. And I want to ask you this morning, what if you trusted the foundation that's meant to be the basis of life? the sovereignty of God. What if you did? Wouldn't you grieve differently? Wouldn't you look at the stock market differently? Wouldn't you look at the empty shelves and Target differently? It doesn't mean that we don't have responsibilities. It doesn't mean that we go passive. It doesn't mean that we just check out and say, oh, you know, God's going to take care of it. It just means that it steadies you to go through it and not around it. To be honest with what's going on and not pretend it away as though that were the spiritual thing. To be fully human and feel what's going on and yet to have the strength to respond. Finally, this. The sovereignty of God, this foundation, the sure foundation. The idea that, that God is, in the end, bringing all things to the good. That assurance buoys our hope to think straight, to feel what we're feeling and not be ruled by it, but also gives us the strength to simply do what's next, to do the next thing. It gives us the strength to do what's next. So th- there's, a, there's a pastor I know of who, whose father was in his late 80s and at the time he's told this story. And he came to their family farm, and his father was planting a row of fruit trees. And this, uh, the son said to the father, 88 years old, planting fruit trees. You are an optimist. Now, I I don't know how long it takes for a fruit tree to bear fruit. But I do know that he was corrected. And as he looks back on this, he recognizes his father wasn't an optimist. He was hopeful. 
So he was simply doing what was next. He recognized that there's a bigger story being told, that there's a bigger reality, that there's something that he can trust in. And because of that, he was able simply to do what was next. And what made sense to him was to plant trees. And even though he might not enjoy the fruit of them, he might not sit in the shade of the tree he was planting. Someone will. You know, there are people around you who need your hope. They need you to be outward with your hope. They need you to be so steadied in your hope that they simply see you doing that, that elegant next thing to continue to be in a rhythm of life that demonstrates your trust in the sovereignty of God and to do the next thing. I've, I've, I've heard about this happening already. I want to tell you about one quick example. This past week, uh, one of our members called and, and he said that we were talking about the, 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 the curbside service downtown for the restaurant. And he said, he just sort of said offhand, he wasn't trying to boast or anything, he was just, just saying offhand, yeah, we've been, uh, our firm has been uh, ordering food from a different restaurant every day. You see, now is the time to, to do those kinds of things, to lean into it, not to shrink back, not to pinch all the pennies and, and not to, if somebody's helping with your yard, not to say, oh, we better back off of that. Those people have families too, and, and we need to encourage each other. We need to throw kindling on each other's fires and, and keep that hope going. To do the next thing is primarily to take the strength that you have and begin to turn it outward. I'm going to leave you with this. Just a little thought from Paul Tripp, who says this, all that he is, he's talking about God, all that he is, he has forever been and forever will be. With him, there's no growth, change, or becoming. He is security's foundation, time's sovereign. In a world where everything is changing, he is a rock of secure unchanging, eternal hope. Let's pray. Father, how we thank you that our faith on a sure foundation has steadied us. And I pray, Lord, for each one who has been a part of this worship service. God, that you would speak peace to their hearts. That you, through these simple images written 2,000 years ago, and yet so relevant to us in these moments, that those images would, would bring and well up within them such an assurance of peace, such a confidence in your sovereignty, that they would have hope enough to share. In Jesus' name.